G'day everybody, welcome back to Paddlecast Quarantine Edition. Very special episode today. I'm not sure it even qualifies as a Quarantine Edition episode because I actually had a guest here in the studio with me, a real life living, breathing human sitting across the table from me. No more of these international video calls for today's episode. Uh, I was joined by a local legend. His name is Bob Margetz. Possibly not a name you're familiar with unless you're from around here, but no less of an inspiration when it comes to paddling than any of the famous names we've had on Paddlecast over the last few weeks. Bob is an amazing guy. Uh, him and his wife have been paddling for the last six or seven years, virtually every single day of the year. They're absolute fanatics. They really sum up the spirit of stand-up paddling, in my opinion. And that's why I wanted to get Bob on the show, just hear his story of how paddling has impacted his life and his take on the sport in general. Sup has quite literally changed Bob's life. Him and his wife moved interstate to be closer to their local training group here, in, here on the Gold Coast. Uh, they used to commute an hour each way to go paddling. And when that got to the point that they were doing it almost every day of the week, they decided it's easier if we just move interstate so we can be closer to paddling. So it's literally changed their lives. Um, but yeah, just a fascinating guy all around, Bob Margetz. We may have to actually do another one of these episodes because we started chatting, or we kept chatting rather, after the cameras stopped rolling and... I learned the dude's been a, a Chinese martial arts instructor for 30 years. He's like some insane level belt. He's been shaping surfboards for some of the most famous surfers of the 70s and the 80s. Just an all-round uh, interesting guy, a great guy, and hopefully you find it an inspiration. If you're still able to get on the water, um, well done. I hope you're making the most of it. If you're not able to get on the water these days, then I hope you find this a uh, bit of motivation, a bit of inspiration for when this crazy pandemic is all over and we can all meet up back out there. I've certainly enjoyed doing these daily episodes. We're going to keep them going every single day of this quarantine period. I think I just scraped in with a daily episode for today. It's still Wednesday in Hawaii. <laughs> I've got about an hour and a half to get this uploaded on YouTube and Spotify, and it'll still keep the streak going with these daily daily podcasts. But no, I've really enjoyed doing these, and I'm really excited to share these stories with you all around the world. If you're enjoying these episodes, uh, Club Supracer is a way you can support the daily Supracer podcasts and all of the creative work that Supracer does. It's a new paid monthly membership club, kind of insiders access club where you'll get a few perks, but really just to support the creative work that we do here at Supracer that we do, that I do at Supracer. I wish this was a whole team. Uh, it's just me, but uh, I do enjoy the support of this amazing community and I couldn't do it without you guys. And I wouldn't do it without you guys. I mean, you guys are the reasons why I do this. So, uh, Look out for Club Supracer. You can jump on supracer.com slash club. It's opening later this week. So if you're listening to this first out of the gate, uh, it'll be up in a couple of days. If you're listening to this in the future, then go to supracer.com slash club. And that's how you can support Supracer through this Patreon platform. It's kind of a platform to support creative artists. Still not sure I qualify as one of the creative artists out there, but I'm claiming it, folks. Supracer is going to have its own Patreon page. Anyway, Club Supracer, it's a little bit of fun we're going to have. Um, and until then, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode with Bob Margetz. No no relation, might I add, to Cali Margetz. I'm still finding this very hard to believe. These guys are in the same training group. They train uh, several times a week together in this little hometown of ours. Cali Margetz's father is also named Bob Margetz. And they assure me that they're no relation. I don't know what's going on there. I think someone's pulling my leg. But apparently... No relation to Kelly Margetts. There you go. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, a further ado. 
it's late. I've got to stop staying up so late doing these intros. Let's just do the episode. Here he is, Bob Margetts. Bob, mate, welcome to the show. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Chris. You know, nice to be here. Have uh, how many times have you actually paddled today already? I've just paddled once today. Yeah, once, but it was <laughs> that's yeah, low by your standards. Yeah, pretty solid effort, but yeah, yeah, paddle most days at the moment. Being in in lockdown, yeah, there's um, you know, I like to get out there. It's uh, you know, it's a great thing to do. When did you start paddling? Um, that'd be uh, 2013. I started paddling. Um, yeah, there's a mate of mine. And, and myself went on a surf trip and at the local resort we were staying at, there was some people stand up paddling on, on surf subs. And, um, you know, we thought that'd be a great thing to do. So when we came back from the surf trip, we immediately went out and got a couple of, um, surf subs, some NSPs and, um, and started paddling out in the ocean, not really to catch waves, just, just to go paddling to, for, for fitness. Yeah. And, um, that's how we started. And, um, yeah, it was fun. We enjoyed that until, until my mate had a blood rush and went to, to one of the local shops one day and bought a race board. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden he was on a race board and I was on a surf sup and that was no good because <laughs> <laughs> he was just smoking You're about 10 me. minutes behind. Yeah. He was just smoking me. So, um, it was, uh, yeah, I didn't get one straight away, but I searched around and, um, just by coincidence, Mick, Mick the Better came to my clinic yeah. for a bit of um, your physio, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, a bit of uh, uh, rehab on his knee, and he was telling us about about race boards, and he actually had one. And he, the second week that he came and saw me, he actually bought one down and lent us one. Yeah, and right. that was the end of the story. We just from that time on, we never turned back. We're just on race boards, and my wife was uh, totally addicted, and um, so of course you. You can't just have one. You've got to have two, <laughs> two boards. And yeah, so pretty much towards the end of 2013, 2014, we were paddling on race boards. And mind you, we were pretty slow at the beginning and, um, you know, gradually got into, um, some training, but first we actually got into doing some skill sessions with Kelly. We discovered, you know, Kelly Margetts was, Your namesake. was running some, some skill sessions. So once a week. We would drive from Byron Bay to um, do a skill set with Kelly, and that was all she wrote, mate. Now you uh, you used to basically live down in Byron for work, yep, and commute to paddling, and then a couple of years ago you just switched it around. We now did. you you moved for paddling, now you commute for work. Yeah, we did. We moved up here at the end of two thousand and sixteen, but from from basically. Those first three years, we used to drive up here six, sometimes seven times a week to train and paddle and downwind and all of that. Um, you figured it'd just be easier if you lived here. Yeah, we used to come up. We used to hang in, in Winders Park just all day. We'd paddle three or four times a day in there on the weekends. Um, it was just great. But we decided that, yeah, there was a lot of driving involved. And <laughs> so we ended up, <laughs> yeah, we ended up with our business um, just working three days a week, three big days in Byron. And we come up here, we just, so everything revolves around paddling. It's very lifestyle based. So we just, uh, you know, work, work down there three days, paddle the other days as much as we can. Wow. So it's. Why? Why is paddling mean so much to you? Oh, uh, just, 
just gets in your veins, mate. We love it, you know. You know, I come from a, a, a surfboard background. I was a, a professional surfboard shaper for more than 30 years. Yeah, right. And um, really involved in surfboard design. And, but, you know, when I met Mick, you know, when I met Mick the Better, I didn't really know that there was this parallel universe <laughs> of, of paddlers. Yeah. You know, because you've got your surfing and, you, th- you know, you get locked into – you know, to pretty much that that lifestyle, but running on a, in a parallel universe is all the you know the clubby paddlers, the um, you know, which leading to the Molokai paddlers, and and when, you know when I came up here, we just were surrounded by legends of the sport. You know, you know Kelly Margetts, Bo O'Brien, Travis Grant. Um, you know, you would paddle with these guys every day. Mick, you know, Mick. Um, it's not a bad spot around here on the Gold Coast. It's kind of a, uh, it's a mecca for those that don't know. It's basically bred, I mean, probably a dozen of <coughs> the best paddlers of all time have come from this little creek that's just, just over is, the road here. It's totally the mecca of paddling. It's it's just fantastic. We get to paddle with all these great guys, um, you know, and plus there's some, you know, I've discovered that, you know, like I love training, but I've discovered there's a lot of other people in, in my same boat who love training too. And it's, uh, you know, we're all competitive when you get out on, on the water where, you know, we're not young, we're not elite, but we just, we love staying fit and we love paddling. You're paddling pretty quick. I've, I've been out there a few times training when, when you guys are out there and uh, I can't keep up with you. How old are you these days? I'm 65 in a few months. 65. All right. Well, I'm 36 and you're making me feel slow. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're doing something right out there, Bob. Yeah, well, it's pretty pretty funny because I'm actually this is the fastest I've ever gone. Yeah, with my age, I've, I've I'm not slowing down. I've got better. Um, who knows how long that'll last? But <laughs> you know, you know, as you get older, you haven't got much. You know, you gradually lose your strength, but you've you know you've got your technique. So I, I work on that, mm. and we're very fortunate to have some you, you know great mentors around here that you know, we'll pick us up. You know, I was just paddling down the creek the other day and Jacko said, I'll come over here. You're just doing this wrong or that wrong. And so, you know, with that little bits of advice, I'll go and work on that for a few months. And, and, um, yeah, it's great. You know, we've got all these, these great people helping you. Yeah. And your wife paddles with you? Oh, my wife's a frother. She just, <laughs> she just loves it. She would paddle all day if she could. She just loves her paddling. Just What's, love. uh, have you guys, do you guys talk about it? Like your addiction with paddling? What's her motivations? I think it's just fitness based. She loves, loves the fitness. They, um, you know, it's relatively low impact compared to running. She's, you know, had bad knees from netball and, you know, as a lot of people have in the past and, you know, a few injuries here and there, but it's, it's low impact and, yeah, you know, she's, she's got fit and it, it's, um, you know, really motivated us to look at, you know, diets and uh, uh, recovery and, you know, correct eating. Yeah. Things, it's it's great. So you're not just faster than ever, you're healthier than ever, fitter than ever. Healthier than ever, yeah. We've been doing a, a, a full plant-based eating regime for two years now. Not not that we're, um, you know, new to that. We, in for a period there in the 80s and 90s, we were, you know, total vegetarian for 15 years and, and didn't drink alcohol. <laughs> So for 15 years, 15 years. So damn, you got some, uh, you got some willpower there, Bob. Yeah. But you know, you gradually sort of, 
you know, you like the social aspect of it. So you not, not mm. so much fall off the wagon, but you just slide into the, into the social aspect. Yeah. And, um, you're back on the wagon these days though. Yeah. Yeah. No alcohol. And, um, it's great. Never, never felt better. Recovery is incredible. Yeah. So for my age, so I'm enjoying it. What is the recovery when you're, uh, when you're 65, when you're in good shape, when you're paddling, how many times a week you're paddling? Five or six? Yeah, five or six, yeah. What's your recovery, recovery like? Uh, well, I had a session today at, um, you know, like I use a Garmin pretty, pretty um, exclusively and, and by how I feel. But yeah, my Garmin tells me, you know, 33 hours after a solid session this morning. So that's a, you know, a bit over a day and a bit. So yeah. So if I paddle for the second time in the day, I'll just take it easy. Won't won't raise the heart rate, just nice and cruisy, you know, go and catch some runners or nice, easy technique paddle or something like that. So yeah. So just exert yourself once a day hard. Were you exercising before this? Like go back six or seven years before you got into SUP. Were you in, were you in relatively good shape anyway? Yeah. Like are you always surfing? I've always tra- trained, always surfed, always surfed. I've had some... Um, pretty major shoulder injuries over the years. Um, I, um, you know, my surfboard shaping career was um, very hard on the body. So I was surfing in that time and doing a lot of swimming and also shaping. It was just hard on your, on your shoulders. Yeah. My shoulders are pretty much wrecked for surfing, but I can paddle all day without it hurting them. Yeah. But the surfing is, you know, rolling the arms over is just not, not good. So I just changed sports virtually. Yeah. No, I had 40 years of surfing in some of the, the best conditions. Um, now I'm hoping to have another 40 in paddling. <laughs> nice. What yeah. kind of conditions are you paddling in? What's a normal paddle session like? Oh, well, today we, you know, we did a, about a third of it in, in the creek and the rest of it out in the ocean. So we, we definitely need to paddle out in the ocean a lot more. You need to, to work on your um, technique in the, in the moving water. Very mm. important. Years ago, we do, used to do a lot of ins and outs training, but because the old it, bop days, because there's no bop, yeah, everyone's pretty much turned into flat water warriors, and so we lose our ability to train in the ocean. But isn't yeah. that weird? I remember when I got into this because we're in uh, we we paddle on the same creek, and uh, I started about 2010. Back then, like those first few years, everyone was doing bop training. Like the whole year would lead up to the bop, oh. and every second time you'd be out in the ocean and every other time in the flat, you'd be doing like interval sprints and everything. It was all based around this one race. Yeah. And now the race doesn't even exist anymore. And you're right. Everyone basically does flat water training. Yeah. yeah well, we would do every uh, Saturday session would be in the, in the ocean. Mm. We'd, yeah, we'd start at Lacey's and paddle out through the break and back in, do ins and outs. Um, every Thursday session would be half in the creek and half in the ocean. So it was, you know, you know, you had to, navigate the moving water but these days um you know luckily today we're you know we're pairing up in two so you know two of us went out yeah how does training how does training work in the age of uh, isolation it's a little bit weird because you you know you love training with your paddle buddies yeah um and it's 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 weird it's a strange very strange situation You, you know you're forced to pair up with um you know, with someone else, which is, you know, usually someone you're uh, similar level, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is not bad. It's, uh, you know, makes you, you know, keeps you honest. 
yeah, with your paddling, but it's it's just weird, you know. You, know, you want to pull over and have a chat with your <laughs> with your mates, and you can't. Sort of, you know, you don't, you know, who's who's watching from the bushes? Yeah, you know. So it's, no more uh, no more draft trains ten deep. <laughs> no, this might change racing forever. This pandemic, <laughs> maybe we won't be able to do the uh, the old draft trains anymore. No, well, two or three limit. Well, at least. Yeah, you know, at least you're 14 feet apart if you if you're drafting. So that's true. I mean, we're kind of social distancing anyway on a race board. You They're are. so bloody big. Yeah. Was it a shock when you got into the sport that race boards are so much bigger than surfboards? Uh, or did you have experience with the clubby boards? I'd actually shaped a lot of clubby boards, but not not paddled them very much. I'd Ten six clubby boards. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Shaped a lot of those. Uh, but never paddle them, and and yes, you know, navigating them in and out through the surf, especially surfing them. You know, from a surfing background, you'd think you just pick this thing up, but it was not the case. I was, I really yeah. struggled for, you know, quite a long time in actually surfing them in on a wave, like a long time. But then, you know, you gradually get the hang of it. And well, it's weird because going back to the bop training, <clears throat> the boards used to be built. For surfing waves back then most definitely now they're absolutely not because 99 percent of races are flat so they're just these flat water weapons yeah and they're damn hard to surf waves on yeah well we're you know we've been riding 26 27 inch boards with lovely rockers in them and <laughs> stuff like that these days the they were just big surfboards back in the day yeah the boards are just ironing boards these days they're so flat yeah you know and very very difficult to, you know to negotiate when you take up on a wave Got to yeah. almost be standing right on the tail block, and even then you you nosed off. So, what are you paddling yeah. these days? What's your uh, what's your board of what's your quiver? You got a few boards. Yeah, we yeah I've I've just cleaned out the shed of a few, <laughs> but uh, but yeah I've I've got a you know a bunch of boards. I've got a bunch of Sonovas. I've got a Sonova Unlimited, a flat water board. Um, you know, got a few six. Got got some ones. Yeah. You no, know, it's uh. You got a few boards. Like I like, <laughs> I like to share them around. There's there's some really good quality boards being made, yeah. Especially local, you know, local stuff and um, yeah. You know, well, two of the two of the leading board designers in the world are the brothers. Um, one of them I is know. just outside here, Benny Tardrew for one, and then his yeah. brother Marcus, who was here, he just moved back to Perth, but he designs the Sonova boards. Yeah. So between Sonova and one, it's basically the two brothers that are yeah. pushing the pushing this, the limits of uh, race board design. Yeah, those, those guys are really pushing the envelopes. I'm pretty good mates with Marcus and Ben, and, you know, I love what they do. It's it's, it's just inspiring stuff. I've, you know, I've no desire. I've, I've been a surfboard builder and designer, and, you know, I've no no real desire to design um, paddle boards or anything. I just want to paddle a, paddle a board that suits myself, you know, for my age. Have you I, ever tinkered around with board design, race board design? Uh, just... Very minimally, but I, I just really don't want to know about it. I just want to go paddling. <laughs> you know, I've it's had more a, fun to paddle, isn't it? It's more fun to paddle, yeah. Yeah, but, y you know, you do look around and find a board that suits you. And, um, you know, we all want to go fast, so we're looking at sort of going a little bit narrow, but I still want to be able to paddle them in, in the moving water. So you need a board that's maybe not so narrow, but more of an all-rounder. So, What's your motivation these days? Do you want to go faster? Is it just fitness? Is it social? Is it a bit of everything? Do you compete much? Do you do a lot of races? I try to do as many of, of, of the local local club races. I've been a member of the Brisbane Sup Club. 
mm-hmm. for a long time. They've got 250 members. Yeah, they're doing an amazing job up there, Bruce. Up. So we, and, and you know, they, they put on usually a seven race series during the year and it's, you know, nothing to have 70 or 80 or 90 paddlers at those, those events. So it's really, it's, uh, you know, they're really pushing the envelope with, with that and they're, you know, they hold it mostly in Moreton Bay. So you, you have, you have challenging conditions up there, but it's not, not like surf or anything like that, but still very challenging. And, you know, it's, it's great that, um, you know, uh, uh, guys like Paul and Angie and um, Kelly Margetts, they come up and, and compete in those events and lend their support. So it's, it's great having the, you know, the elite guys uh, blending in with the bashes, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to get you on today was uh, not just to share your story. I love the fact that you moved interstate <laughs> paddling. That's brilliant. <laughs> but there's this whole movement these days towards the grassroots <coughs> of the sport that we talk about. You know, it's not just about the elite paddlers, like the foundation of our sport that, you know, the base of the pyramid are these local races. You know, it's the weekend warriors. And you've probably graduated well beyond that these days because you're pretty bloody quick. But I think you, you know, you sum up the essence of just the Stoke. You know, you're not an elite athlete, but no, not you're more passionate about the sport than most of them are. How can you sum up this sport? Like, what does it mean to you? And um, why do you think it's, you know, why is it a great sport? Well, yeah, that's a difficult question, but I I think the grassroots thing is, is fantastic. It's un- unbelievable. Mm. I, I get to paddle with, you know, like-minded people all around. But one of the, one of the things that really is, um, sort of, I think brought the sport together would, would actually be you, Chris, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you, you know, before Sup Racer, it, uh, you didn't really have this s- sense of closeness or togetherness with the sport, but now you know, just listening to your podcasts and especially your coverage of races, you, you know, you know all the races by name for a start. You know all the races by name and every paddler like myself around the world gets the chance to watch those races, comment, show the stoke, everything like that. So the community is much smaller. It's closer together. Um, you know, you do these you know, these, these great bucket list races, which we, you know, we all can't do them, but we can, we can watch them and involve ourselves. And then, you know, we come home and we go, well, yeah, these guys are doing that. They, you know, maybe we need to go and go and train a bit harder and <laughs> see what we can do. But yeah, yeah, but I, you know, like I just, you know, with my age, I'm, you know, I won't, won't be able to paddle forever, but I'm going to, I want to be as fit, fit and as fast and strong as I can for as long as I can. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's in our re- regional community like Gold Coast, all the, all the Briss Up crew that, that I love to paddle with, there's quite a few people up there in, um, who do the same. They're doing a, l- a lot of paddling, yeah. a lot of training. And, um, yeah, I just love it. So, you know, I go up there and you know, I'm 65, but I don't really care. I just go and, you know, I'm, I know I've trained a bit. So, you know, you see how you go. Yeah. Well, thanks for the kind words, mate. That means a lot coming from you. And um, yeah, I think you're right. We've got a great community around here. We're very lucky uh, with the local community here. We are, it's yeah. been, you know, it hasn't just produced, 
some of the best paddlers in the world. It's got an amazing base to it. And look, what the guys are doing up in Brisbane, the Sunny Coast Sup Club, of course, all the Corumban crew, the famous Corumban crew, um, you know, there's countless paddles around here that just, they just do it because they love it. Yep. Um, where do you see, where do you see paddling going? You've been around now for six or seven years and uh, it's kind of gone, you know, it goes up and down. Now that we're in this crazy time in the world where a lot of things are on pause and there's going to be a lot of things that can change course after this. Do you see it's an opportunity for SUP to change course? Should it change course? Uh, where, where could it go? Where will it go? Um, I, I, would, I would say the, the regional, regional paddling needs to be um, drawn closer together. Um, in, in this time of shutdown, you know, we're all paddling in our various uh, uh, little enclaves, but we're all paddling. There's a lot of us mm. paddling. We find that you know, we're training in the mornings, we're training in the afternoons, you know, whenever we can, we're all out there paddling. And that's just, you know, that's just our our little area here, but sunny coast, bridge up, you know, it's, it's a, we're, we're doing a lot of paddling. So I think the, you know, when we do come together, you know, our, we're going to be stronger. I, I feel. I, I think paddling is growing. Yeah. Um, it's growing if the if you foilers don't Let's bring that a little bit up. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. It's growing if you foilers don't don't take over. Foiling has <laughs> taken uh, foiling has taken down a lot of a lot of good men and women from paddling. They've gone to the dark side. I know I've actually stopped <laughs> race training and just I'm foil surfing every single day. Yeah. It's pretty addictive. Have you tried it yet? Haven't tried it yet. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm staying away from it. But ha having said that, I just love what, what, you know, the guys are doing on the foils and that you can see it's just, you know, it is addictive. It's, it's crazy what they're doing. They're doing some amazing stuff. It's, um, so I don't like to, like to compare it to paddling, but you know, paddling is what I love to do. Um, and there's a lot of, of people in the, in the same boat as me. You know, they yeah. love their paddling. What's your, uh, have you got a bucket list race that you would love to get to <laughs> next year or in the next couple of years? Is there one race that stands out that you just, I got to get there? No, I haven't really got any. I would, I would, I would kill to go and do a Euro tour. Yeah. I would love to go and do that. Just paddling in those, those amazing places in Europe. Greek islands. Yeah. Oh, and just anywhere over there. It's just, I'd, I'd, I would definitely love to go and do that at some stage, but you know, it's not, it's not something I have to do. Yeah. Like I love paddling in the Creek here. I love, I love paddling across the snapper on a, on a day. And you know, we have beautiful conditions here, but I, I don't care. I, I just, I don't mind where it is. I'll go paddling. <laughs> did you do the Clarence 100 last year? No, I didn't. I did some training with, with the boys a, a few the times. hundred K ultra down the road there. No, I didn't do that. But um, if that happens day, this year in October, which is probably 50, 50 at this stage, would you, uh, would you head down? I might nice, think nice about it. hundred K yeah. leisurely stroll. Yeah. It's over three days. Yeah. I'd think about it. Most definitely. It's like yeah. the Aussie version of the 11 cities. Yeah. I think I'd try it. Yeah. I'd give it a go. I'd have to start paddling a bit longer and you know, Having said that, I've done a few few paddles with with Wayne and um, and Steve-O and Ben up, uh, down the Tweed, and that was you know quite intense. Yeah, it was a lot of concentration and a lot of um, 
Yeah, it was, it's, it's just different paddling distance. Yeah. You know, you, know, you can't, can't smash it out too much. You've got to get into your rhythm. You can't, can't go too hard because you just, you just blow up if you do because you, you're pretty much on, on the rivet as it is even in zone two. Yeah. You're on the rivet, but you just kick it up a little bit more and you're done. You've just got to. <laughs> if we're pretty lucky in Australia that we're still out on the ocean to go paddling and go surfing, like a lot of the half the world now is basically it's illegal to be doing what we're doing, which is kind of crazy to even think about. But what would happen if you weren't allowed, someone that's as passionate as you about paddling, if tomorrow the government said, all right, ocean's closed, rivers are closed, you're indoors for the next two months. What, what kind of effect would it have on you? Is this like a drug for you? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go nuts. <laughs> and I, I would, but I'd first thing I'd do is I'd drag out the paddle trainers and I'd, I'd be on those. And But it's, yeah, it's just, you know, that stoke of being in, in the salt water and on the water is, you know, you can't replicate that. So being indoors would be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where... Uh, where would you paddle if you could do one race in Australia? Have you done King of the Cut? Yes, I have a couple of times. You've already done King of the Cut. Yeah, a couple of times. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted That's to bring up your Instagram here. It's very challenging. I, think over I saw there. a shot on there earlier. How was King of the Cut for you? Yeah, it's challenging. It's um, you know, it certainly wears you out. Yeah. Over there, <laughs> it, um, it, you know, because it's the the what down twenty five k's. Yeah, the race is 25Ks, but the, um, you know, the daily paddles that we do are 12Ks. Yep. And it's, it's cons a little bit longer than what we regularly do on a, on a downwinder here. So it's, it's challenging. You know, you're trying to get, you know, your times down as, as best you can, because it's basically a time trial over there. It's, uh, yeah, very enjoyable though. It's just, you, you know. Let's see here. It's Go totally give at Bob Margets a follow on uh, Instagram. This all these shots. This is King of the Cut, right? Was this? Uh, yeah. You got the Sonova Ocean Board there. Um, looks like you and Ange there. Yeah, we did a lot of paddling together over. We were over there a, a, a week and a half early. Yep. And yeah, we just did a lot of paddling over there together. Mind you, I wasn't paddling with Ange. She was flying. Yeah. yeah. Even with a bad ankle? <clears throat> Even with a bad ankle. She She's was pretty smoking quick, it. isn't she? She was smoking it. What's the, uh, all right, here's your physio work. What's the appeal of um, downwind paddling compared to flat? For those that aren't as blessed as we are to live in, you know, an ocean nation, we're pretty lucky here. Even just outside, the downwind run here is pretty good. Uh, and WA is next level. What's the appeal of downwinding compared to flat? Well, it's just like open ocean surfing. Being able to, you know, you know, surf the the wind bumps and the ocean swell, it's it's very appealing. But it's uh, now it's also very challenging to to get good enough to get qu quick, you know, to be fast and stuff like that. It's not not something that just happens. It's um very challenging. But you know, I do, like I love doing it. I love the challenge of it, and it, basically that surfing, get on the tail of your board and you know, cut left, cut right. Um, Does it take you back to surfing <coughs> days when you're downwinding? Is downwinding like the closest to surfing for you? Probably, um, you know, so yeah, surfing bigger waves, I suppose, like that. When you, you know, when you're really on a runner and you've got some speed 
going, it's sort of, you know, your heart's in your mouth at times. Yeah. You're sort of going so fast, you just, whoa. <laughs> How's that Unlimited go? Oh, it's great. I love the Unlimited. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, they're like, like a limousine yeah. compared to a 14 footer. So, no. You got the 18 foot Sonova? No, I've got a 17 mine. It's mine's, yeah, yeah, yeah custom order. It's a semi-recessed uh, flat deck. Yep. So, um, yeah, built for me, it's great. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's great. I noticed you're wearing the, uh, the QB hat there. I'm a big fan of quick blade myself. I know you are as well. I've been an advocate of quick blade, you know, since my very first, first days of paddling, you know, you know I love Why? what they do. I just love their, you know, their stoke, you know, love what they do, love their product. I've, I've never paddled another. That's all, the only paddle that I've used. I've gone through, oh, various paddles. I think I had the, you know, you know the Kanaha 100 was the first one that I had. And then we had um, some V-drives and some trifectas. And now I've got, got the, the UV 81, 82 at the moment. Yeah. It's a great paddle. I love it. Jimmy's a bit of a craftsman, isn't he? Yeah. He's fan. He's, he's passionate. You know, I love what he does. It's a, you know, they're a small business. Um, I'm, you know, I run a small business myself and have, have run many small businesses. I just love that, that this, you know, their stoke, their, their passion their Um, yeah, I just love it. So yeah, definitely would support them, you know, always. Have you seen the Yukon canoe that he's building over there? Oh, I'm just frothing over that thing. <laughs> I'd just love to get in that and paddle it. It'd be so good. Would you ever do a Yukon race? Is anything <clears throat> like that so mind bogglingly long appeal to you in any way, shape or form? I'd, I would, I would definitely do it, but, um, I don't know whether, like, I think I've got the capacity to do it. I, I guarantee you, you'd be able to do it. Yeah. It's just, uh, you're in better shape than me, Bob. You're faster than me. <laughs> I, I limp to the finish line. You would, you, you could do it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just the logistics of, of doing that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It's a long way away. But it's, uh, oh, it's magnificent. I love it. I love the movie you made on it. And, um, you know, it was, it was good watching the recap of it the other day. That was fantastic. Oh yeah. Thanks you for know, tuning in. You know, seeing what all those guys, and you know, you guys watch, watch actually go through. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't believe you did it in with hardly without stopping. I can't believe that. I, you know, fair enough, do it in a week or, but not in three days. Well, I think that's when we were up there. <clears throat> I know I had the overwhelming urge every couple of hours. You'd pass a spot and you'd see like people had been camping there the day before, or you'd even see people with canoes that had just pulled over for the night and they had a campfire and marshmallows and a little banjo out. And you're like, man, what am I doing? <laughs> this is what I, this is how you should be doing the Yukon. So I was, it was kind of, I was in two minds when I was out there. I was like, I can't stop. I can't slow down. But man, I just love to pull over here and, you know, pitch the tent and just enjoy the spot. Yeah, I think I've got to go chat. back there. You're kind of a chat with that crew on the, on the bank. Yeah. <laughs> there was a few times where I was going delirious, just being out there by myself for so long, talking to the Indian chief on the riverbank. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Yukon's a, uh, that's a special race. And I think, you know, for me, that definitely got me more excited about paddling after, you know, I was, I was going through mixed emotions about the sport for the last couple of years. And then after the Yukon, something just clicked. And I was like, man, this is, this is why I love paddling. Yeah. Do you have, have you ever had that? Or do you remember having that moment in the early days when something clicked? You're like, oh my God, I'm addicted. Yeah, I was, 
Yeah, on on the race boards, I was pretty much addicted from straight away. <laughs> I just, I said, how good is this? You know, you can, you know, you go fast. You put your paddle in the water. What was it like quicker when you switch? Because you're on like a basically just a big surfboard. Yeah. When you started that first experience on the race board, how was that? Was it like going from a a Hyundai to a Maserati? Oh, most definitely. It was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was night and day. Most definitely, and I, I think actually, towards the end of that 2013, I think we actually, you know, my mate of mine on a whim, we we actually entered in the in in the race from Snapper to Corumbin. Oh yeah. We'd never paddled in the ocean before. We just, and I think I had a, a 14 foot by 29 NSP, and he had his his race board. He had a had a big JP, and you know, we did that and. You know, a few of the local legends were on the jet skis. You know, Mick, Mick DeBetta was on the jet ski, and I think Kelly was, I don't know if he was racing or around, but, they, you know, they were always, always encouraging us in. And, you know, we paddled the last last K or so on our knees because it gets rough down that end yeah. from Snapper. But it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. It's, uh, and that was, you know, sort of early days. And we never really looked back from there. We just straight into it. Yeah. That was great. Never look back. We just, seriously, we used to paddle, live in Byron. We'd come up six or seven times a week. We'd drive up, spend a fortune in fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cheaper in the end. It was cheaper for you to move interstate. Because you're actually, you were crossing the state border. Like, that's an hour's drive away. Yeah. It's in New South Wales. Yeah. And you're doing that seven or eight times a week just to paddle. Yep. Yeah, we used to wake up at three in the morning and to come up for training <laughs> at daylight in the Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So wow, get up, drive up for the hour, get here for training, and you know, pack up the boards, go go back and work. Because you guys were an hour ahead down there in the summer. Yeah, that was hard. So you actually had to get up at three a.m. to go paddling. That was hard. It was, yeah, it's hard in daylight saving. And that never dampened your enthusiasm. No, we just did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it makes sense now that you moved up here. Yep. Oh, you know, we won't be moving back. We just love it up here. You got yeah. You know, we've got our paddle community. We, you know, we love everyone we paddle with and surrounding us, you know. See, um, you know, there's our crew on the, on, on there's Jacko's crew. There's the Outrigger crew. Um, there's just so many different craft and it's inspiring. It's great, you know. Mm, it's a good vibe, isn't it? Like everyone's, everyone's slogging it out. You know, the Outrigger girls, they smash it out, you know, on the six <laughs> man, six man and the two man and the one mans and, you know, you know, Jacko's crew, they don't hold back either. Like I've certainly learned how to train. I've seen, um, you know, I've seen Kelly and and Bo and a few of those absolutely bust themselves at training. And I just, you know, I go, wow, that's what you have to, you know, do to to get to that level. So, so I'm not holding back. I'm going hard. I'm busting myself too. Yeah. So that's what it's about. You just go out and bust yourself. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the future? What's your future of paddling look like? Where do you want to, where do you want to go with this? I'd like to do as, um, you know, many events in Australia as we can, pr pretty much the local ones. Like, there's, there's some quite, you know, some great events around, you know, the Sydney crew put on, put on great events. Um, Scott's Head's a great event. Mm, but, that was a bummer that. Yeah. It got cancelled. Race up at Elliot Heads is a great event. You know, uh, you know, the regional, the regional club races are really worthwhile supporting. Mm. Um, so I would, 
you know, when, where it's physically possible for me, I'll, I'll get it as many as, as, as I can. Um, you know, the sunny coast, they, they got a fantastic crew up there. They're, um, you know, I love those guys. They, you know, they're very passionate. They, you know, they run regular training sessions and, and, you know, some, some monster paddlers up there too in that group. They're great. So what's, what is it in Australia for those that have never been here? There's something in the water around here. Why have we just got so many amazing paddlers, surfers, lifeguards, etc.? It's just part of the culture, right? I just think it's the environment, it's the, the Aussie culture. Yeah, it is. It's, um, yeah, like I said, there was, when I started paddling, I'd come from just a, you know, a 30 years involved in surfing, you know. You know, I shape, shape boards for pro surfers all around the world. Um, but when I, when I moved over to paddling, I just went, holy shit, this is, it's just this parallel universe where there's all these absolute legends of the sport that, yeah. that I just did not know about. And it was just, um, yeah, it was very humbling actually. Who'd you shape for back in the day? Can you name drop a few? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually Mark Richards ghost shaper for about 25 years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I MR. Shaped, I shaped pretty much all, all the MRs in Australia for a long time. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's like you're shaping royalty. Yeah, and my, you know, I had a, a, a real good colleague of mine, Mark Plater, was, um, you know, sort of a sidekick there, and he's he's a fantastic shaper in his own right, and he's he's actually still doing them down there now. I retired in 2005, I think, from shaping because I've just had enough. Yeah. But, yeah, I spent 30 years doing that, and I'm coming up to it. More than more than thirty years being a, a manual therapist with what I'm doing now. I've, I've I've had crossover careers and looking at something different. I don't so know what that will be. You started shaping mid seventies. Yeah, nineteen seventy six. I was I actually started shaping in my garage at home in about nineteen seventy two. Yeah. So yeah, the old the old single fins, old single fins. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Some of those uh, those lightning bolt boards. Yeah, um, you know, I actually mirrored a lot of my shaping on uh, uh, Terry Fitzgerald's boards. He was like the guru, you know, the guru Australian-Hawaiian shaper. Um, so I loved those boards. I got to yeah. find a picture of MR in the 70s. So <laughs> that some of the younger generation that might be listening knows what we're talking about because this guy was basically the greatest surfer. Um, he's probably the greatest surfer of all time until you know, Tom Curran and Kelly Slater came along, but he was a legend. He won four world titles. Yep, he did. And he had this classic board here. The, uh, here we go. Well, that's a twin fin down there, but this one up here. Yeah, I've shaped li literally thousands of twin fins. Yeah. <clears throat> Tens of thousands. Is this one of yours? <sighs> I don't know. It's all... Get this on the screen yeah. over here. How's... Mark Mark Richards used to shape all his own boards. He, he he's a very fine shaper. Yeah. Hmm. He actually learnt off one of the legends of the of the sport, Dick Brewer. Yeah. And um, when he was younger, and it just so happened in the time that we were shaping, I probably started shaping the MRs in nineteen seventy seven. Um, around there. Was he the first to do the twin fin MR? Did he popularize the twin fin? He definitely popularized it. I don't think he was the first to do it. They, they were making them in um, in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. 
Reno Abelera was making them. And that um, was like that was the board for a good ten years or a long time, fifteen yeah. years until was it yeah. Simon Anderson did the thruster? Yeah. And then the rest is history. It is, yeah. The the twin fin really changed surfing. It was um you know, the boards were long single fins and all of a sudden it was a, a, a short you know, short twin fin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, is a bloody legend. I had no idea you were shaping with him. That's amazing. What's the, um, can you see any parallels between the, uh, the kind of revolution, the evolution in surfboard design and I guess like the almost arms race we had in uh, sup race board design over the last 10 years? Because if you look at the boards from, I know when I got into this <coughs> about 10 years ago, you wouldn't look twice at one of those boards. I've still got one on the rack at home, the old Nash Glide. Yeah, that's yeah. just a beast now. It's like an aircraft carrier yeah. compared to today. Boards are so refined these days. Yeah. yeah there's some great, um, you know, there's some great uh, manufacturers out there doing fantastic stock boards. That, that's a thing to do to, mm. they'd be able to walk in and, and grab one off the shelf. And it's, it's, uh, that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. Be able to do, and those things are refined. They're, they're bullets, you know, they they're great. What were you on this morning? I had a, 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 a sick RS, a new one. Yeah? Yeah. Um, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been very fortunate over the last few years. I've I've ridden a lot of different boards. I, I like I like trying out boards. I'm just that, that type of thing. From my surfboard background, I want to see what this does, what that does, you know, so I can choose for myself. There's... You know, every, every board has got pluses and minuses and, you know, you can't, you know, you can't tell in one paddle. You have to paddle them for months yeah. to work them out. And yeah, yeah, I've, I've paddled some great boards. Well, <laughs> All different ones. Bob, you're an absolute inspiration and uh, I look forward to getting back out there on the water. You guys wake up way too early for me these days. But, uh, actually, I saw you out there yesterday when I was foil surfing. Yeah. You're out there doing some ins and outs. Yeah, second paddle for the day out there. Just uh, oh yeah, just having a bit of a go. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, uh, when I do eventually get <laughs> back to um, stopping foil surfing so much and getting back on the race board, uh, I'll join you out there at the five a.m. sessions. Oh mate, you're gonna have to start paddling if you're gonna, you know, paddle with Jimmy Terrell and Travis Grant over there. They're I've been advised by Travis that I better get my ass into shape <laughs> before you go. I was almost it's a little bit lucky that uh, we had the twelve month pause because exactly I'm not sure I would have been ready for um, Team Travis, Team Jimmy. Those boys know what they're doing. Yeah, they're yeah they're full on. They you know they love it and they you know I'm. Like, I'm sure they want to win it. Oh. They're going over there to win it, that's for sure. Yeah. Trav said, I'm not in the team unless I'm uh, contributing to some kind of line on his victory. So <laughs> I was, he, saw, he told me, he actually put me in touch with um, Chris Maynard down here. He's like, call Chris, you've got to sign up for the Outrigger Club, start training, you'll learn how to paddle sitting down. Yeah. I'm not carrying you down the Yukon. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so yeah, I might have to get out there and uh, join you boys on the weekend on the creek, some more 5 a.m. sessions. That'd be fantastic, Chris. Be good, good to see you down there, mate. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, mate, thanks for chatting today. It no was worries. A pleasure. Thank you very much. You've got a very inspiring story, and um, I'm sure we will be paddling for decades to come. So yeah. thanks for joining us today. Yes, no worries, mate. Thanks for having me. And um, you know, I hope this is an ins inspiration to a, you know, a lot of those, those guys and girls who are, who are my age out there, because you know, I want to see them all out there for a long time to come. Absolutely.
Cheers, mate. All right. I won't shake your hand because there's social distancing. All right, mate. Thanks we'll very much. We'll do a little elbow bump. Yeah. But, uh, thank you, Bob Margetts, a local <laughs> legend from here on the Gold Coast and an absolute inspiration. Thank you to you guys for tuning in around the world. We'll have another episode of Paddlecast Quarantine Edition in about 24 hours from now. Cheers. I think Daniel Hosulio is actually up next. So look out for that one. Cheers, guys. Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. All right. Cheers, mate.